0: Welcome to Asray Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week we welcome Robin Elliott Preston, owner of the Robinery, home of the mobile barista coffee truck, who is also, as we discovered, a respiratory therapist working on the front lines of the COVID emergency. We talk about what it is like to be an entrepreneur, a healthcare worker, a parent, and someone whose day apparently has more than the twenty four hours allotted to the rest of us mortals. Welcome, Robin.
1: The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the
2: governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean pod. Everything you need. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and shoebies too. From Route 35 to Convention Hall, Sperry Pod covers it all. As Berry Pod, I love you. I love you.
1: It's February 22nd um and we are here with a very special guest who's going to get us up to speed on food trucks robin Mm -hmm. and before robin starts is anybody finding this weather like so horrifically depressing because i am like getting to my wits end
2: on this weather yeah i'm tired of it i'm tired
1: of it and i just feel like i could take this pandemic with like I don't know summer and maybe whatever summer was easy, easy for me. Spring was like, okay for me. And winter, mm-hmm. it's just like, I lay in bed and I'm like, why get out? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, I'm going to be the dissenting voices. I like cold weather. Ugh. Like I like it the colder, the better. Like, so I'm, you know, it didn't snow at all last winter. And uh, that's where Rita and I differ. Like I, I always, my joke is that she's going to leave me from new Orleans.
1: <laughs> oh. um it's the shoveling I have a corner house so to shovel yeah. the sidewalk is torturous and I help my mom shovel her car out because she's in her 70s and oh it's just I don't know the weather is is definitely starting to to to. and I don't love winter in a non-pandemic so in a pandemic and having an awful winter is like Oh, well, some, it was
2: some. nice to see snow for a change because, you know, we haven't seen snow for a while, but I've, you know, I'm over it now, <laughs> you know, it was like
1: a nice, so the first yeah, time thanks for the snowed, visit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like back in January, it was the first time we were getting snow. We haven't had snow in a couple of years, any sort yeah. of substantial snow, and I know that because people call me and scream about snow on the council, but, so I had the same thought as you, Robin, I was like, oh my God, it'll, you know, we're all stuck in our houses or very limited out. It'll be a change of scenery. I'll look yeah. out my window and see something different.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then it just kept happening.
2: Yeah, and yeah. then it, it's raining now. They, my girlfriend said it was snowing up north, so I guess it's raining this way.
0: You know, if you're a small business owner, this just makes things worse, right? The snow keeps everyone in the house, so it's bad enough, right? That you know, it um, you know, which is what we've been talking to small business owners in and around Asbury for, for the whole mm-hmm. course of the pandemic, and so. It's not enough that you people are afraid to come out because of the illness and, and occupancy restrictions. We add snow, nobody's coming out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> the yeah, then know. you have
2: to deal with parking and things yeah. like
1: that. It's like let's yeah. just keep on coming. But anyway, we should we should let's let's get to talking about some good stuff. And Robin, I wasn't I, I don't know your history in Asbury Park. Do you, are you like born and raised here? Did you
2: no, I actually um well, you can kind of say that. Uh, my mom um, was born and raised in Asbury Park, and my grandparents had a home um, on Sylvan Avenue. I think it's Sylvan. Avenue. That's where the park is. You know that little road that goes between the park, um, where they have—I uh, don't know those new those developments. They've been there for yeah, by the, li- a while. the
0: library park, right?
2: No no no. Oh. The part uh sorry, by Springwood. Uh, Spring, Springwood. Oh 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 oh. oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Springwood. She side. used to live there and then they moved on. That's why I, when I was little, I remember being there and then she they brought a house on Borden Avenue. So that's where we kind of grew up. So I'd say I'm from Asbury but I went to the Neptune schools because I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's. Um but that that radius in that area between I lived in Neptune Village um over on Heck Avenue. And um, so between there and walking to my grandmother's house on Borden, I knew that area very well. So, um, so now, so now I- can
1: I ask you another question? Are you, are you like, are, are you one who remembers Springwood Ave in its heyday with?
2: Yeah. Okay, you are. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I do. And I remember the riots. You know, um, I remember when uh, I was nine when uh, it happened and um, we were home in Neptune, which was only like we lived, it was the borderline was probably the next block over and it would have been Asbury. And then my aunt lived in um, Lincoln village uh, and my mother was at her house and um, she couldn't get home because they had the streets blocked off, You couldn't get into Neptune. You get, couldn't get into the downtown area. And um, and the uh, National Guard were out there. I, I heard gunshots going past my window and me and my sister were home, you know, and we, I was I remember being on the floor because I was scared, you know, that something was going to come through the window. But my mother couldn't get home, you know, at that time, mm. we were latchkey kids, you know, that was OK back then.
0: I, I think we all were.
2: <laughs> yeah, you keep you keep your door unlocked at that time.
0: <laughs> I think my parents, you know, I never had to experience that, you know, but I would be deeply lost in the woods as a kid. And my parents never knew, like, they literally would have no, I could have died out there. They would never find me. And uh, so growing up as a a kid, as a latch, latchkey kid, just sort of being free range, you know, that's
2: mm-hmm.
0: normal. thing. Right?
1: Oh, well then, well, Robin, I'm going to be interested in hearing about from the riots after the riots up until now um, mm-hmm. a little bit. But but so so born and raised certainly in the area, if not the entire time in Esbury Park. And how long, Joe probably doesn't know this, but Ro- Robin's our name, Joe lives right off 3rd, Robin's our name. We, we were just
2: talking about that, yeah. How long have you been on 3rd? I've been on 3rd Avenue since 1999. I actually, um, I lived on bangs Avenue for a while. Um, and then that's when I first moved to Asbury I had, you know, but I, I, I rented over there and then I, we brought this house in 1999, May, May 2nd, May 1st, 1999. Oh, wow. Okay. I know that because my son's birthday was the next day. So well, that was
0: it, a great. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. birthday.
2: Uh, yeah. Um-
1: and you know, uh, Robin, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, one, I feel like you should do, just do like a little intro, just who you are and what you do, because not only do you have a food truck, and we want to hear about how the pandemic's affected the food truck industry, but you um, are a healthcare worker that I yes. have watched compulsively on your Instagram um, when you were going back to work, and the rest of us were just, you know, eating yeah, and drinking and staring out our windows.
2: Yeah. Um, nope. Yeah, I'm a respiratory therapist. I've been a respiratory therapist for about the same amount of time I've been in this house. And, um, wow. and at, at, up until the pandemic, respiratory therapy or therapists were kind of seen as like ancillary um, staff, you know, and, um, and I, I think this year, uh, last year, they really seen the importance of what we do. You know um, not that we don't just go get ventilators move equipment around um, that we actually um, went to school to learn about the respiratory system and um, how to get people off of ventilators, how to manage um, patients on ventilators. so we've been we've become an integral part of the healthcare team so this year I know this year
0: but you're on the front line of people getting uh, vented is that is that true?
2: I am the first person that they see, and it was a uh, uh, when we got our first uh, COVID patient. Um, I got the first me and the nurse, another nurse named Erica. Um, we got the first COVID patient in our unit, and we I work for uh, L, what's called an LTAC, and this uh, uh, LTAC stands for long term acute care. So we're like a step down from ICU. If you if the patient hasn't um, progressed in the ICU as far as getting off the ventilator, they come to us and they have another 28 days or so, um, insurance wise, to get off of that ventilator. So we that's what we specialize in. So we had gotten the first, but at this time we just getting COVID patients because the other hospitals were full. And we got this patient and, um, and to have, uh, to not know what to do i mean we had we as a facility always wore gowns and masks and things like that but not to the degree that we were doing it with the pandemic you know with the n95s and and having to don and doff what they call don and doff is which um, you have there's a certain way to put on your your um equipment and then there's a certain way to take it off so that you're not infecting yourself you know, so to do those things, it was nerve wracking. And um, when I when that first patient came in, I was the one that had to put that patient on a ventilator. So I felt like I, I'm the first line. You know, if nobody else comes in the room, the patient has to get put on the ventilator in order for the rest of the team to come in. And um, it was a little nerve wracking for a while. Very nervous.
1: And when you got so, I have so many questions. So don't <laughs> let me go down this rabbit hole that long. Because so Joe and I talk about these stories all the time. So I'm not going to repeat it too much. But just from the city perspective, when this started, um, you know, we were we were a little like, okay, what's going on? You know, you don't really exactly know what's going on, and then people are shutting down. And then Esbury Park actually shut down before the state. And the re- mm-hmm. one of the reasons we shut down before the state is that I went to Jimmy's restaurant. And nobody was social distancing there. It was packed and people were on top of each other and nobody was paying attention to any of the social distancing. And then throughout the night, I kept getting uh, pictures of Watermark and just everywhere in town of Georgie's, nobody social distancing. This was before the shutdown. So we woke up the next day and then started to shut stuff down because people were not. Um, and this was still when we thought it would just be a couple weeks and it wasn't going to be yeah. a big deal and we'll just shut down for a couple weeks early on and we're a party town. So we'll, we'll, we'll close a little earlier because people were not abiding by the recommendations at that time. So when you're talking about, you know, starting to get the COVID patients and, you know, it, it's just interesting to me, like what month were you starting to get them and, and what was the vibe like in, in that. Um, you know, just at the, be, it, it's so interesting to me because we're coming up on the first, it's going to be a year. Of exactly. It's be a year. In
2: March, yeah. And that's yeah. when, that's around when we started getting them um, around March, because I believe that they were maybe April, you know, I think they were coming. We heard they were coming and like, we would get updates every day about what was going on in the, um, in the county. Cause I, I work in Ocean County. So, like all the hospitals, that the things that were happening in the hospitals and the amount of patients that they were getting, we were getting updates on it on a regular, maybe twice a day, and um, and then they said they're going to start coming. And when they came, I, I wish I could show you pictures. Like we had, it looked like a war zone. We had, um, they had the pumps, their IV pumps and everything outside, and we had um, our equipment outside, and everything was taped off and. They had um, like, uh, uh, we call um, extension cords, they were taped on them with black tape. It looked crazy, but it was like, I, I would take pictures and look like this was, it was a war zone, you know? And um, and then, you know, um, we would go in the rooms and we could only be in the rooms for like 15 minutes tops, you know, and we just felt bad because there were a lot of patients, some were, Aware of what was going on, uh, some had what we call COVID brain because they, they would keep pulling themselves off the ventilator, so you have to keep going back in. And you know, we had them in restraints. Um, sorry to say, but they they were a danger to themselves, so we had to put some of them in restraints. And it was just, it was sad. It was sad. And then you had to be that patient's advocate. You had to be that patient's family member. You know, um, and. Some died, you know. Um, some were young, you know, some were old, you know. We just, it was just, it was sad. It was a really sad time.
1: And you know? when you're there, were you thinking, when we're all like, oh, just a couple weeks, just a couple weeks? Are you thinking, oh, hell no, it's not a couple weeks?
2: No, well, you know, it was making me angry to see people not take it seriously. Right you know. And even still now, you know, it hasn't gone anywhere. You know, my girlfriend had said, because um, a friend of ours had has COVID, you know, she got diagnosed, you know, positive. And um, she's at home. Thank God she's not in the hospital or anything. And my girlfriend's response to that was this is the other girl. She's saying, um, well, COVID's not like it used to be. I said, <laughs> it's just. It's the same, it's the same virus. It's not, it hasn't (laughs) changed, you know, like, so don't fool yourself thinking, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's uh, tampered, tamped down now because everybody knows about it or, you know, it's the same virus. So, you know, don't go out and think you can just not wear your mask and touch everything, you know, it's still the same virus and you got to treat it the same way.
0: Robin, I think um, the one thing, I'm sorry we're talking about this because we brought you on for something else. We're like, Ooh, this is so interesting. So uh, intubation is a serious in- intervention, right? I don't think people understand. I think I, I, I went, I, I spent Memorial day weekend in the emergency room at Jersey shore two, two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had an allergic reaction. And, um, and I was having, well, I, and the doctor's like, well, if we can't get this, you know, this uh, down, we're going to intubate you. And I, I had a sense that it was like the thing, the stuff, the, you know, the too thin things up your nose. And uh, he was like, oh no, you're not awake for that. And I was like, I got, then I got stressed. I was like, oh, well, this is much more serious than I thought. But, mm-hmm. So to have, you know, to have hundreds of people across the state under this, do this procedure, it's really a stressful thing for you and the, the client, right? I assume.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things as respiratory therapists that we do, um, we intubate people and, mm-hmm. and you're intubating somebody that can blow COVID in your face, <laughs> you know? Right. So um, it was stressful. And a lot of the doctors, most of the doctors say, said, um, you know, we'll do the intubating, but sometimes if they can't get it, you know, we're the next one. Like in our facility, we, we do the intubating, um, unless it's a difficult intubation. And they had they had these uh, uh, plexiglass boxes that they would put over the patient. And you could stick your arms in, and you could see through and do. But it, it's it's not a it's it's not a foolproof type of um, way of intubating somebody because you know it's it's cumbersome to have a, pla- a box in front of you, but that's, that's the stuff we had to do. And then there's another thing that um, once the patient gets off, because we will wean them off of the ventilator, um, but then they will be on something that's called a trait collar. And, um, and after 10 days, if they're intubated, they have to get a trait, which is in your throat. So, um, and we ventilate them that way. And once, that's, once they wean off the ventilator, you still have to supply supplemental oxygen and moisture to that trach area. So that's COVID blowing all over. (laughs) You understand it's constant, (laughs) you know, and, and, and the facility that I'm in had, they put up a, um, a negative pressure system, which was wonderful. Uh, they put up a negative pressure system. So now you see all these tubes outside the hospital that look like hamster trails, you know, going from window to window and, uh, so we would close the doors, and that's what it would pull the supposedly pull the um, bad air out into a filter system that's outside of the hospital. So,
1: and are you seeing now the the decline that we're all kind of seeing in the numbers of 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 testing and and sort of increases them? in vaccines or?
2: There's. Um, I don't know. Well, there's a decline in our facility. We're getting who we're getting now are the people that have been on the ventilator. They were COVID positive, like in November, and they're still trying to get off the ventilators. But what I understand, they're still um, like Jersey Shore and and uh, Community Hospital, Monmouth Medical. They're still not allowing visitors to come into the hospitals. So I don't believe that it's down as much as we would like to think it is. Right. You know, it's it's a little better, um, but it's not it's not gone.
0: Amy, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago. We, you know, we had um we were talking about the vaccines, and maybe, maybe Amy, the for those who are vaccine hesitant, we can ask them to spend a day with Robin at work and yeah, <laughs> change their mind.
2: Well, yeah. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Joe. Um, yeah. We have, um, now I've gotten both vaccines. And um, you, you the, got the we, second shot
1: as well. Yeah, I got the second shot. And can shot I ask for time. you, say, only because I'm just taking my own personal toll. Because <laughs> I don't get the flu shot. I'm not a person, I don't, I, you know, I trust vaccines. I'm just not a person who gets the flu shot. And I, and, and, you know, I wouldn't, this isn't first on my list to get, but I'll get it. Um I don't qualify for it. But did, did you get sick after the second shot or no?
2: Not, not, I got, I had what was like a head cold. I felt like it was a head cold because my my eyes were burning and they were running. Um, They were watering, I should say, not running. (laughs) And my nose was running. And um, I had a little bit of a headache later on in the day. Um, In the morning, I I found myself going to the bathroom, you know, quite frequently, but then that dissipated the the nose, the, um, nose and eyes. That bothered me, but then the next and my arm was really sore. But the next day, the day after, like you know, I got the shot. I was at work when I got the shot. I stayed there the whole day. That didn't bother me. It was the next day, and then the day after that, it was nothing. Like nothing ever happened. Hmm. Now, what I was going to say was there are um, a lot of healthcare workers um, that don't want the shot. You know, and I had read um, that. Yeah. And but um, there are some of my coworkers that didn't want the shot that ended up um, becoming COVID positive and, and um, one in the hospital, one home, but really bad, high fevers. Now, um, one of them is on oxygen at home. The other one was on oxygen and wishing that they had taken the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, the, I'm glad that I did.
0: You know, as I get older, uh, I, I'm the opposite of an anti-vaxxer. I've become a polyvaxxer. You know, I'm like, give me all of your vaccines, you know, uh, whatever you have. I got sick with the flu once so bad five or six years ago that I will never miss a flu shot it was the first time <clears throat> I ended up with. I needed an inhaler for like six months afterwards. And it was, uh, in, there was at one point I woke up, I was like, oh, I understand how people can die from this. Like, this is mm-hmm. really terrible. So I, am the opposite. I can't wait. And now it's like, well, I'm there. I was like, can you, you know, give me the polio booster. I don't care. Just give me whatever you got. <laughs> well,
1: I want to get to food trucks, but I will say like from a municipal level, you know, just trying to get the vaccines out, dealing with the vaccine hesitancy, dealing with the people. So we hired somebody to help people register and get the vaccine our entire social services department, which is made up with about three staff members and then a nurse and now another staff member for this one little square mile city, for the record. Yeah. To try to get people, you know, the vaccine or get them appointments or just at the very least upload their documents. You know, I say this all the time about Asbury. It comes off as this like hip city and that's, you know, the New York Times writes about, you know, how hip we are or whatever. But we have uh, six towers of seniors from... Robinson mm-hmm. Towers, to Lumley, yeah. to, to Philip Seaviews, like tons of seniors in Esbury Park that, that aren't on the cover of the New York Times, but that actually have lived here for, for many, many years. And anyway, it's been, um, it's, been a, it's been a hard experience to try to get these vaccines to the people of Esbury Park and then also um, try to talk through the hesitancy. Um, mm-hmm. We have some really great pastors that have been doing Great yeah job.
2: my pastor is one of them he's been on the front line trying to make sure that uh some of the our congregants uh, are getting their vaccine and he's been um advocating for it in our services too
1: and it, who is it Zant Van... jennings who's
2: your no pastor? yeah jennings jennings yeah he's a-, a good yeah. guy yeah yeah so, okay. so I, and that's why i did my little thing on there too you know to let people know like what I was going through, you know, I got my first shot, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I got my second, you know, and I, I was thinking I should go back on again and just say, you know, um, I'm still here, you know, cause people say, oh, you you should. they say, they say, well, I want to see if you grow a third eye or uh extra finger, like, let me I only got 10 fingers. <laughs> Nothing happened. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think,
1: think you should. And also because so many, I have like kept kind of a mental tally on who's gotten sick on the second one. And and the, I love hearing about people who don't get sick on the
2: second one because it makes mm-hmm. me more inclined to do it. Um, well, so some get totally. sick with just a headache, but not, I don't know anybody that's had anything like they've gotten so ill that, you know, they had to be hospitalized. I've heard them say they've had a slight fever, mostly a headache and body aches, but then the next day they're fine. That, those are the ones, That's what I've heard about. I haven't heard anything. I heard the same. Yeah,
1: no re-hospitalizations, but I wouldn't say I would I would say three to four days of them being completely out of it and in bed and fevers and chills and stuff like that. All all of which were probably closer to my age in their 40s, but with underlying conditions. So I don't know if that -hmm. plays a role. But Mm -hmm. anyway, we have to get to food trucks, which is like Well, my first question
0: is like, you know, after doing all this, you you run a food truck. So are you a superhero? Like this is a lot (laughs) of time to like so you know how do you possibly have time? You know, I, I think, well, Amy would usually like, how do you, you know, how did you get into this? But when my first, as you were talking about your work, I was like, when could you possibly start a business? You know, businesses suck up all of your time, right? You know, mm. but maybe that's not a question we will come back to that later. <laughs>
2: but, well, uh, actually it was, it, it was more therapy than anything. It was like, I love doing what I do with the food truck. And it was quite a change from, you know, the, you know, what we were seeing in the um, hospital. But it was also a little stressful because, you know, like, you don't know who's got COVID, you know? So you don't know if you're serving someone with COVID. So, you know, it it got a little stressful.
1: Can I backpedal a little bit though? So one, how long have you had the food truck? What made you start a food truck? Um, You probably have some of the best food and, and even, better than that robin by far probably the most reasonable prices i mean every time i get a cookie i'm like oh my god that's so cheap yeah
0: well can we start um, we get, like what is the food yeah. truck what What do you sell where is it and where can we find you? let's start there like
1: how long have you had it and what yeah. did you
2: start it yeah okay so um uh, originally <laughs> just everything i gotta go back because <laughs> i've been in business since 2011 the food truck idea have has been with me since before then um and uh, you know, I'll, I had all these um, barriers, and the barrier was really here, my head. You know, um, of, you know, I had this dream that was in my in my in my heart, but I just couldn't get it out because I was afraid. I had four children, five children, four children at the time, and then Anaya came along, um, and it's how can you do this being a uh, you know, after, after her, I was a single parent. And how do you do all this? And um, so I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then I would try little things. Um, like I had started as a pop-up with a tent, you know, I would put everything in the back of my truck. My, um, I had a Ford, Ford Explorer. And I did when um, Interfaith Neighbors had did a uh, farmer's market at the park when it first started, um, when the park first opened up. And I did that, uh, that was my first event and um, and it went really well. I didn't have all the stuff that I have now, but I started to build on the equipment. Um, I, I didn't feel like I could get a, a business loan. So um, I just brought things as I could, you know, um, but that's where the confidence, I didn't have the confidence, um, but I had the dream and I had the desire. So uh, I can fast forward, you know, I did the, 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 um, the pop-up thing for a long time. I would do different events like um, uh, women's, you know, like women's um, gatherings, uh, entrepreneurial um, um, workshops, and things like that. I did church events, um, a lot of things for my church. And then um, 2017, I think it was 2017, 2018. Interfaith had they were they were buying new trucks. And, um, and I saw their, uh, they had their meals on wheels truck for sale. And I said, I called my fiance. I said, they had a truck on sale. I said, I should go and see how much it costs. He said, go ahead. So when somebody challenges me, i like, I can't say I'm going to do something and then don't do it. So I said, I, I called, um, oh God, what's his name? Paul, Paul, I called Paul, Paul McEverly and, uh, no, I called Diane first. I called Diane, uh-huh. uh. Diane Shelton and Diane Shelton will give a shout out she's been on our show yeah give her a shout out Diane has been very helpful I mean throughout this whole process I, I give her I give her a lot of shout outs but yeah she got me in touch with Paul McEverly and um and uh and I think it was not him it was the CEO at the time but anyway so I I called them and I asked them how much was the the um truck, I would like to see it. So I came by, I drove the truck around and all that stuff. And I met with Paul later and he said, um, I, I said, Well, how much is the truck? He said, Well, how much do you want to pay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like
1: Right, so is that now, a setup? Like
2: I I never know how to respond to those questions. Right, exactly. I didn't know because we're here I'm somebody really I don't have the confidence. So now I'm making business, you know, business moves, right? So I'm saying to myself, okay. So I I gave him a number. We met at uh, the Kula Cafe and I gave him a number and he was drinking his coffee and he looked. Okay, I'll get back in touch with you. So I thought I said too low a number and I I just went home. I said, all right, if it's going to be mine, it's going to be mine. (laughs) So he emailed me later on that day and he said, you got the truck.
1: So like, and then were you like i should have gone lower i should have gone lower goddamn
2: <laughs> Yeah, right but then now i got the truck it's like okay now you got the truck now what you gonna do you know so i got the truck around september of 2018 and i started working on it you know i started doing some things to the truck um that i you know in my mind because over in europe they have a lot of these trucks they had they will make uh, an espresso um uh, a coffee truck out of a uh Volvo, you know, they'll just lift up the, the, the um, the, uh, trunk, the lid, you know, the trunk. Um, and then there's a, a, espresso machine there. So I know it was possible, but nobody had seen it here in, um, you know, in Asbury park. So, uh, you know, I figured I'd outfit it whatever way I could, I couldn't, I didn't have anybody I could actually do it. I was in my truck myself, like putting some things in and figuring out how the water was going to work and all the, Different things, and I put it on the road in 2019. And my first event was up in uh, in um, Jersey City. No, not Jersey City, in Perth Amboy. And that was a uh, beginning of the spring, and it was really everything went really nice. I did Ocean Grove. I've been all over the place. I've been in Newark. Um, They have they had a, a uh, first Friday's event every every month, the first Friday of the month, they would have an event out in the park, and I would be there. I did Ocean Grove, I did Alaire Park, so I was really getting the hang of it and what places to um, to put the truck at and what places it's not, because I got a lot of duds too. You know, um, I did some music festivals that didn't work out. Um, so, 2020. I felt like I had everything that I needed. Like I knew exactly. And I did the music festival um, that we have in Asbury on Monday nights. Um, I did that every Monday. So I knew I had my plans for the summer and um, and I had started paying for some things in advance. and um, And then they started, you know, April came around. I was supposed to do an event in April and they canceled. And then there was something that was supposed to happen in, in, in May. And they canceled like different, they, they started canceling, but they weren't giving me my money back. They said, well, you have to get a credit for next year. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to be at next year, you know? Um, but they wouldn't give me my money back. So, um, so my business is, um, it depends on a crowd. You know, I didn't want to be, I'm not the type of truck that sits on the corner and wait, I didn't wanna be looked at as someone that goes to office buildings. You know, I wanted you know, to be looked at as a more upscale type of um, business that you would want to um, book for a wedding or birthday party or you know um, some kind of event like that, as well as doing the jazz festivals and, and things like that. So my business depended on crowds you know, um, gatherings. And um, and when they shut all that down, it shut down um, everything that I was doing, you know, um, everything that I was looking forward to. And uh, and then it opened up a little while in, I think it was in June, um, things opened up and I was able to do the um, music festival, the Monday night music um, in Asbury and I started working with um, Asbury Fresh, which was, I mean, it was nice, but I have to take everything out of my truck and pull it into the park, you know, and put it under a tent and then drag everything back out. Um, um, but it was something to keep keep me relevant, you know, keep the business relevant, um, keep the name out there because, um, you know, you got to keep you got to keep going. It's, it doesn't stop. You know, right now I'm doing, uh, I'm doing hot chocolate bombs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing hot <laughs> chocolate bombs. And, um, you know, I do that just to keep myself relevant and I sell them at, at, at my job and I've done very well with them. Mm. Uh, we've been doing that. So I just try to keep, and that's something that I was, I've been doing something similar in the winter months uh, when I can't have the truck out. Uh, but as it gets warmer, you can't have chocolate out there because it'll melt. But those are the things that I've been doing um, uh, or trying to keep myself going. You know? When you talk about, talk uh, about
0: uh, up, being upscale, your coffee is important to you, right? You're I um, I don't want to use coffee snob because we're all coffee snobs, right? But you've, you've got to, uh, you're wear it as a badge of honor. And I'll say, you know, when I used to work in the construction, I, I, was, I used to work at an oil refinery So when I was 19 we would get one of those coffee trucks, pull up, you know, the ones with the silver side and they were all terrible, right? This is a different business, right? You, you've got good coffee, good food, you know, something to look forward to. Like we saw the guy pull up and we're like, Oh, well, this is where we're getting, you know, this is a, you know, I wish um, I wish we had good coffee then. But so, you know, it sounds to me like, can I, I wanted to sort of talk about coffee. Like when you, it's not, is that, um I'm looking at your Roe beans website while we're talking. Uh, so you are you really invested in coffee uh, i mean you are really invested in coffee so how is that a lifelong pursuit you know like i, I you know when did you like i really like. you think first time like, i really like this stuff
2: coffee has been um i used to um attend uh, I, well not i didn't used to i attend a, a support group and a lot of times they have coffee and um that coffee that they make after a while, it was like making my stomach hurt. I was having problems with my stomach. Not knowing, you know, I was having um, this reflux. And I thought it was my heart. And I would wake up and I have this, you know, my heart palpitating and I would run to the emergency room and they would find nothing wrong with me. And I did that several times, several times. And, um, and to the point where I wasn't gonna go, cause I'm like, they're just gonna send me home. And then one time I, I got so scared, I went and my doctor admitted me. And I went through the whole battery of tests and um, they did a cardiac they did a cardiac workup on me. It was nothing wrong. And they looked, um, they did a endoscopy and they saw that my stomach lining was irritated. During this time, go ahead, close it. <laughs> so so during this time um uh uh Allie had opened up over at Asbury Park Grocery yeah and um I had met her and I went over and I was talking to her and and um and um you know saying oh wow you know I like this place and I was we talked I talked about my business and everything and um and what I would like to do and we started coming up with you know I was trying different coffees that she had so um what I did was, uh, I started to come up with different, like a different uh, blends of, I tried different blends and I came up with this blend that's like a half calf and a, and a fully calf, caffeinated coffee because I needed something with flavor, a little kick, but not so harsh on my stomach because they told me I couldn't drink coffee no more. I couldn't have chocolate, I couldn't have peppermints, all these things that I love. So, um, So I was gonna show them. and anyway so Allie and I came up with this um this roast and this blend that um that I use and um I started to you know serve it to some of my friends and um and they were like this is the best coffee they would come over my house just for coffee you know and then I said I should sell this stuff you know and um and you know half saying it, not half serious half you know never know so um so that's how it really got started. I started inching my way towards selling it, and then um, then the idea about the coffee truck came into play. And um, I always wanted a cafe, really. Um, so but,
1: I was going to ask. It's fun. I was going to ask. Is the end game like a cafe or or store yeah. Funds? Okay.
2: Yeah. A cat. Yeah. Because um, my God, God says start where you at. That's what that's <laughs> that was my feeling. God says uh-huh. start where you're at. You know, and, um, and that's what I learned because I did different, um, workshops and I had a mentor that was awesome. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he, he talked me through a lot of different, um, um, ways of getting my business started, um, getting my tax ID number, all those things that I needed to do that I thought was so hard and I needed to go to school and get a degree and do all this stuff to get a business started. He showed me how simple it was. And um, so start where you at was where I started with the pop-up, you know, and then it it evolved into the truck, you know, and um, I've been, now I've been thinking maybe I ought to have a a storefront, you know, it's a scary idea, you know, um, because that takes, that requires more commitment, you know, and, and I'm saying to myself, am I ready? I want to get out this rat race. I love respiratory and this paid the bills and it's gotten kids, you know, um, raise my kids and everything, pay for the house. Um, but it's not as fulfilling as it used to be. I love being out and I love doing what I do with, with, um, the coffee and serving people. And, um, Mm. my kids are part of it. It's a family business, you know, um, I don't know if they still want to be a part of it (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean they do it and and they feel and i think that i believe that they benefit from as far as um uh the management you know Uh, i've been able to send them out when i couldn't do it like if i had to work they've been out um with the truck you know so they see it's a it's it's not just my business it's their business too Or that if they wanted to they could start a business you know so um and i learned from my mom because my mom had she she was she she made dolls and she did the same thing she would take her product up and down the east coast she would go to different doll shows and she did very well you know so
1: Service I also marriage. feel
2: like I would love to
1: get out like I also feel like and I'm a legal services attorney and I love what I do and it's it's you know it we are good attorneys we are like good kind people who represent people who can't afford an attorney But I would also like to get out of the rat race and I've been teaching myself poker so I've been thinking maybe I can be honest. Poker star. Like, that's yeah, that's so exactly.
0: That's, yeah, that's that's gonna do it.
1: <laughs> I know. I won seventeen dollars this week, and I said to Heather, "Like seventeen dollars to start, and then we'll Z see." <laughs> I also feel like I would. You'd like, be on ESPN the Poker
0: race. Pits with, uh, like with your sunglasses.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I want to circle back. Can I circle back on one thing? Just cause I'll forget if I don't ask you talked about kind of duds and events that, that you, that work for you and that don't work. Can you like a little bit elaborate on that? Like what kind of events work for food trucks? What kind of events really don't, which are the worst events to work? Which are the best events to work? Well,
2: um, I guess for me, because I have coffee, you know, and, um, Summertime, you know, when I did those events, like I did the music festivals, a few music festivals, um, like up north, you know, I went to, and th- these were gatherings that I had been at um, prior to having a business that was tons of people there. So I said, I can bring my truck here and make a lot of money. Well, um, one of the things, I don't know if it was something I didn't do, I uh, could have did better, you know? Um, and I, that's that's the things that I was thinking that I would try in 2020 was maybe I need to hand out flyers or maybe, you know, like, but there's a lot of competition and you have to look at who, who else is there, you know? Um, is there someone there that's selling the same product? Now there wasn't another coffee person there, but hmm. as a food truck, is there other, um, you know, I know some people that sell fish in their truck and they sell quesadillas or whatever, you know, you have to look at who else is there because um or or be involved with some of the some of the um uh event coordinators that coordinate in a way that they don't have, they don't um duplicate what's there. You know, like Asbury Fresh is very good at that. Um, They don't duplicate who's, you know, like the the vendors that they have there. You know, um, they have a coffee person. They're not going to bring. They did have another coffee person um, at one of the events that I did, but they sold their coffee by the bag. They weren't, um, even though we sell coffee by the Mm -hmm. bag, we have an espresso machine. So we're making coffee drinks. You know, we're selling desserts. Um, So um, that's some of the things that, uh, I'd say, you know, if you're going to be at an event, make sure that they're not duplicating what's already there. Cause you're not really going to make the money.
1: And are morning events, evening events is it like evening events. Are people buying coffee and sweets?
2: Well, I'm going to tell you, and I, sometimes I had been a little discouraged, not by, not by my clientele, I'm talking about by some people, because some even family members have said, who's gonna buy coffee in the summer? I sell more hot coffee in the summer hmm. than, you know, I just, it, it it was, you know, I was surprised at how much I, I would make cold brew, but I still would make a lot of money off of hot coffee. So, you know, that's, I was learning that, you know, in, in that year, I was learning what was working and what, what was it? We also added some other things to our truck like um, that was signature things that we thought were signature like our refreshers Um, rather than selling soda um, we were selling refreshers and that was like uh, it's a um, we use sparkling water and puree different fruit purees and um, am I telling our secret? (laughs) (laughs) And we, you know, we, um, what else we, and teas, different teas, um, like green tea and, uh, and hibiscus teas. And that was a signature drink for us. So, um, you know, but that was some of the things that I feel that for me, I had to do, I had to make sure that the events that I was involved in that there weren't other uh, people they were coffee, even like if it were the guy that sold, um, that sells pork roll. Right. Uh, I can't remember his name. You know, the corporal guy. Yeah, 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 I know who means. mean. Yeah. He sells coffee on his truck, you know, so that would that would cut into my profits, you know, because somebody buys a, a sandwich from him and, and a coffee and not get over to my truck. Right. So right. so those are the kinds of things that I had to look at. Like
0: how you're talking about being an entrepreneur and it's interesting how uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur. You, you learn suddenly you have to learn marketing. It's not just selling, you know, you're not just selling coffee, right? And they have to learn marketing, market research, management Mm -hmm. of the system, supply chain. Do I have enough? It's really, I guess, exciting and scary at the same time, right? There's a lot of things going on. Um, It sounds like you, but like many small business owners, you really enjoy it in a way that's uh, makes me a little jealous. I don't get up. I don't get excited about work. (laughs) You know, I like my job, but, you know, uh, I don't get, I don't have these kind of interesting problems to deal with. um, So it's interesting.
1: and would you, so we've had a bunch of people who, you know, we had Bianca from Interwoven, we had Russell from Watermark. Um, we've tried to have a, a people just to, we had a, a Reggie from JuiceBase and just to try to assess how the pandemics affected their market. I mean, because you do function on crowds, you're, mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine that you're obliterated somewhat. Except yeah. for summer, except for summer, I guess, yeah, do a little bit there. That it's just oblib- obliterated obliterated the
2: the whole food truck genre, yeah. for lack of a better word. It has, and I and I also um, was uh, running a Christian cafe at my church, so um, and we would have, uh, you know, I'd, I'd open up on Wednesdays when we had a Bible study, Bible talk. And also on Sunday and after church and with churches having to close and, you know, so that knocked out that, that source too. So, you know, and that we haven't come back totally. Um, our church is open and we open at 20. He just texts and said, we can open at 50% capacity now.
0: Yeah. So the governor just um, announced that.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. The... He's happy about it. well, I'm happy about it too. But you know, people still aren't comfortable with coming back. Into church. You know, um, you have some people that are coming, but not everybody is comfortable coming back to church. So I'm not sure right now, you know, um, it it waxes and wanes. You know, some days we have, um, some Sundays there's a lot of people there, Um, like, you know, enough to say we can't take any more. And then, like this Sunday that just passed, it was like a handful of people there. So I never know what I'm going to get.
1: And among other like food truck places, like, so take a Johnny pork or I think there's a Betty's ice box that I see around town a little bit. Is there like a sense of community in, in the food truck industry or not? Not really what you've seen. <laughs> I'm see going to take a, that face. As you know. Know. <laughs> the truck comes by. He's like, I
0: hate that
2: guy. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, that's something that I, I thought, well, I, I have been asking about doing a food truck park, you know, um, I think that it could be, um, somewhat a, they, I looked into it. Now there's another area that has a, uh, a food truck, um, community, like what, what was that Richard? I looked up. It was, um, they had a, uh, um, some type of community where, but you had to pay dues and and all this stuff. And it was just, it was $400. And all they were doing was telling you where different events were from what I could see. And I'm like, I don't need to pay somebody to tell me where events, you know, like I can look for my own events, you know, but I think that um, having a food truck, community-based thing where we, knew the laws and knew, um, how to advocate for ourselves. Cause it's like here in, in Asbury. Um, and this is what I heard, you know, this is before I even got on the scene. Um, but I know that, well, I shouldn't say, I know I hear that the restaurants don't like food trucks, you know, and that they take away from their business. So like for me to go down on the beachfront and they don't allow you, um, within a certain, um, range you know think, to get on you know go down to the beach and make some money
0: um i think there's i think that's true i think there's some tension between
2: the
1: it's the brick and you know the brick, the and, brick mortar and mortar complains to MIT, right so so brick and mortar say well i spend seven thousand dollars a month in rent and this person doesn't in there but you know where where i differ on that is yeah like should you park in front of you know the roastery no but if no, you no, right but if you went down to the north end where there is nothing there's nothing on the north end there's no food there's no nothing like that but you can't means... get down there so my understanding of food trucks and we'll go offline and talk about it was as long as you keep moving so you 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 stay for, I don't know, an hour, and then you move, and then you really probably likely just come back. But I thought you just have to move around. You just can't stay stationary every day, all day.
2: That's well, my from, understanding. From what I understand, is 15 minutes. If you don't have any foot traffic in 15 minutes, then you need to move on
1: can I give you one idea that I thought would be good for Asbury? And you, well, first of all, it wasn't my idea. It was your idea, but like a day of food trucks all around Springwood Ave Park, but, mm-hmm. but you, you curate the food truck. So you have coffee and tea and then you have a vegan food truck and then right. you have an Indian food food truck. So nobody's, you know, st- an Italian food food truck. Like, so that's when you emailed me, I was like, well, we should do a special event permit which mm-hmm. Springwood Ave Park is cheap? Springwood mm-hmm. Park is one of our. We try to keep that park cheap so it gets more use, and you have twenty food trucks around that park that people can sit and put a blanket down and eat from different. So that was when you e- emailed me. I was like, oh, I think that's a. I would love to go to Springwood Ave Park and have a cup of coffee, some Indian food, some vegan food, and some whatever you know, insert. Yeah, I
2: I think that's a great idea too. And I think that, um, if we can do it as a, like a pilot thing, you know, Mm -hmm. to see how it works and also have other vendors out there in the park, not just food trucks, but because that those events that I said that I did, um, um, over that in 2019, there was a gentleman, it's called street fairs, street fair. What is a gentleman? Um, He does like in the, uh, like in, what's the name, Cranberry, Short Hills, those areas, Red Bank, those street fairs, they have, he organizes the street fairs there and there's nothing there but food trucks and vendors. There's no music, there's no entertainment, but people come, I mean, they come out and they come out and they're ready to spend money. And it's really, it was really nice. We did really well there. It was a nice atmosphere. And I think it would be nice to be able to do something like that. Now I thought maybe you know having music or something going on in the park would also attract um, the community people outside the community. But do you really need to have that if it's just something you know? Do you have to have? I think music,
1: music sounds. No, you can have. Listen, Robin, you can have whatever you want if you fill out the application. I think it's like a hundred bucks to rent that park, and then you can essentially do really. You want. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's 100 all. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks for Springwood F Park. Um, so I, I have to listen. We're coming up to the seven o'clock hour, and I just want to make sure I get this question. Oh, there's two so, quick questions I want to get in, and then Joe can. Joe, it, I'll get one in, and then you go. But one is, if you were giving advice to anyone who wanted to open a food truck, like what two or three pieces of advice would you give them?
2: Go for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do it.
2: Go for it. I'd say you know it's a great way to start and see whether you really want to uh, start a business because there's no overhead, you know, you have your truck, unless you're paying for, uh, see, I didn't have any overhead because I brought my truck out, right. But, um, you know, it's a way of getting out there and seeing if if your business is something that people are interested in, you know. Um, I feel now that um, a lot, and as I was out there, a lot of people ask me, well, where are you? Where are you located? They're looking for me to have a, a brick and mortar. And I say, uh, I don't have anywhere you know um, we just mobile Um, but you know they they like what I have and they want to be able to come and stop by and uh, and get more of it you know but I have nowhere for them to come so that's what made me think about starting to you know opening up a storefront
0: is your truck out Uh, is your truck are you uh, out at all during the winter or maybe I'm missing it no No.
2: because I I don't have the type of truck that I can be inside of the truck. I'm outside of the truck. It's a lunch truck. Um, I have other ideas about what to do, you know, maybe get a trailer or something Mm -hmm. like that, that I can be inside. But um, right now I'm working with what I have. I was hoping by without the tent, you know, that we didn't have the pandemic that I could have graduated to that by now. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And Robin, after this,' we'll, I'll email you the special events application and start to help you through that process. Um, okay. But can I and I want to make sure our listeners get um, your handles, like how do they follow you on Twitter or how do they follow you on Instagram?
2: We're Robins beans, beans. on both on food. Uh, I'm not on uh, Twitter, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook as as Roe beans beans.
1: Okay. And uh, what's your website?
2: The Robinery.
1: Okay. The and, Robinery. If people, and if people wanted to book you for something, that's where they would go to book you.
2: That's where they would go. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And my website to... has all the information. Um, and they can also, uh, you can, um, inbox me on Instagram or Facebook.
1: And then just, we end sometimes and ask people what they're listening or, or are you listening or watching any good series or podcasts that you would recommend that people so, watch just because there's nothing are, else to do, but listen. Uh, to how are you podcast. getting through the pandemic? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm watching, I watch the Asbury Park podcast. That's right. <laughs> well done.
0: This is, this is quite the, possibly Asbury the best. Asbury
2: Pod. that's what I'm watching. <laughs> that's the best,
0: the best guest we've ever had.
1: Too
2: funny, too funny.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, thank you, thank you, Bing. thank you,
0: Robin, thank really you so
2: much. Yes,
0: thanks so much. It was really a pleasure. Uh, I'm really fascinated. You stay safe at work, and I'm looking forward to um, visiting your truck as soon as it gets warm.